Welcome to the February 22nd edition of the Lockdown Leafs Podcast. I'm Mike DeSefano with Dave Morissuti. It was the Ryan O'Reilly show last night. Dave was in Buffalo for the performance. Let's break it all down here on today's edition of the Lockdown Leafs Podcast. Your Locked On Maple Leafs, your daily podcast on the Toronto Maple Leafs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Lockdown Leafs Podcast, one-stop shop for all things Leafs. I'm your host, Mike DiStefano from TSN 1050 Toronto Radio, also known as Al's Brother on TSN's Overdrive and TSN 1050's Leafs Lunch. Joining me, it's my co-host Dave Morissuti from Sportsnet, also a writer for the NHLPA. Lockdown Leafs, a daily Maple Leaf-centric podcast, so be sure to subscribe for free wherever you get your podcasts from. You can also check us out on YouTube. It's Lockdown Leafs on YouTube. We got new content coming out for you guys each and every day, Monday through Friday. It's all Leafs all the time here on the Lockdown Leafs podcast. It's your team every day. Uh, Dave, you were down in Buffalo at the Key Bank Arena. Tell me about the experience, pal. Seemed like it was basically uh, a Maple Leafs home game from where I was watching on the television. Yeah, I got a little good preview of that at the border when I saw how many people were crossing over. Like We left early. And I was like, damn, Ontario's coming. It's going to be a sea of blue at the game. And yeah, <laughs> it was a Toronto Maple Leafs home game in Buffalo. Which is interesting because going into the game, I was having a chat with uh, Joe DiBiase of Locked On Sabres. He joined us on Leafs Lunch, actually. And I was looking at Buffalo's home record, and they're sub 500 at home, but like really good on the road. So I'm like, what does that mean when they're hosting Toronto, though? Like, because it's it's a home game, but basically it's a road game based on, you know, how many fans are actually in that building. So I was curious to see how things worked out. But, no, they uh, they played just like they typically do at home, especially early on in that game. Man, what a show. What a show the uh, the, the that second line put on last night, especially early. Ryan O'Reilly with a hat trick uh, on the evening. Mitch Marner, five assists. Tavares had four points. Like, those guys were just magical all night long. Yeah, I mean, it was uh, – Mitch Marner was the driver of the bus, and those two, O'Reilly and Tavares, were just the happy recipients of just an incredible effort by Mitch Marner in this game. 100%. Like, I know that – Ryan O'Reilly gets the hat trick and, you know, scored those two goals in 37 seconds. And that's going to be talked about uh, a lot. And, you know, he was the guy who was getting the, the intermission interviews and whatnot, but I'm with you where like Mitch Marner stuck out to me as like maybe one of his best games of his career last night. Like he was all over the place um, in a good way. Um, Hounding down pucks, uh, you know, skating with it with confidence through the neutral zone uh, really crisp passing, um, good skating. Like he, he was everywhere. Ended up with three primary assists at five on five, five assists in general. Um, his first five assist night of his career. Um, he was really spectacular. And and you know the other two, like you mentioned, they were along for the ride, but they also were were pretty darn good. Like so far, 
so good for this experiment with Tavares on the wing, with O'Reilly at, at down the middle, and, and Marner obviously on the other flank. Like coming into the game, I don't know if you heard the comments, but Sheldon Keith was talking about how you know this is they're going to give this a run and see if they can you know pick it up and and see if they can do something with this trio. And boy, did they ever! Did they ever do something yesterday? I think they talked about how there was chances in Chicago, but they just weren't finishing. Well, they're finishing in uh, in Buffalo, that's for sure. Uh, yeah, they were definitely finishing. Um, well, yeah, I, I did uh, hear those comments from Sheldon Keefe going into the game, so it it wasn't surprising. I think Sheldon Keefe, uh, he said he's been envisioning putting Tavares on the wing since the summertime, and when you get Ryan O'Reilly in a trade, that makes it a little easier to uh, give that experiment a go. So, yeah, they, the, you know, they were kind of saying that, you know, when when the the trio were on the ice, they were out chancing their opponent. Unfortunately, going into that game, they were in the minus in terms of goal differential. Well, I think that has now reversed yes. <laughs> after uh, after that night. So it's it's nice to see because the Leafs. Because the Sabres were definitely targeting the Matthews line in terms of matchups, and then that that allowed for Tavares and and O'Reilly and Marner to get the kind of the softer defensive pairings, I would say. What's the beauty of having two dominant lines like that? Like you, you got to make the opponent pick and choose, and if they don't have the type of depth that you know the top tier teams have, like like Boston and Tampa. They kind of have the depth to be able to go up against uh, two lines, but a team like Buffalo, like they don't necessarily have that type of depth. You know what I mean? So it's it's really interesting how you look at them now, Toronto, and how deep they are with these with the additions of Ryan O'Reilly and Nolachari. You just see how they just outmatch so many other teams. Like you put the lineup cards next to each other, and you're just going first line, first line, second line, second line, third line, like there's not many teams that could match up with that. You're thinking like Boston, Tampa, that might be it, man. And I know, unfortunately, those are the two teams that Toronto's going to have to play to even get out of their division to get to the third round. But like that, th- those two might be the only teams that match up line by line. If you look at it exactly like first line, second line, you match it up. Um, it's, it's, it's crazy. So, uh, so far, so good with that uh, with the Ryan O'Reilly experiment with um, with moving Tavares out to the wing, and as we noted, it sounds as though it will remain that way for a while because uh, Sheldon Keith wants to give it a, a real fair share and a good look. I, I would imagine at some point he goes down to three C just to get a look to experiment, see what it looks like there with a, a deep team. But um, knowing that you can always go back to this trio and. You can get this type of production. Uh, it's a pretty good little uh, trump card to have in your back pocket if you're Sheldon Keith. That's for sure. Um, just, like, explain to me what the first ten minutes was like in that building because it felt like it was just buzzing. Like I said, it was a road game, but it was felt like a home game almost because of all the blue jerseys in there. And it's three nothing Toronto before Buffalo even gets their first shot ten minutes into the game. Oh, everyone was just having a time. It was it, it was almost like to you were it was just it caught you off guard because first off, like the you know, when was the last time the Leafs were just came out that flat out dominant in the first period and got the chances to go in, and then the goalie change happens, 
and that you know people like the Leafs fans. It was it was well known that I think it was probably a good 70-30 split of Leaf fans. Like they were, it was like I'll give Sabres fans credit. A lot of them stuck through it. A lot of them stayed and and tried to cheer on the Sabres. But uh, it was yeah. It I think I think that led to I think what transpired in that game in terms of you know they got they got the first two like O'Reilly got his first two. And I feel like that just got the crowd way more amped and put the Leafs just on another level in that first period. Yeah, that like masterclass. Like the Sabers, again, it was three nothing before the Sabers even got their first shot. Yeah, it was insane. And like, I don't I, like for whatever reason, O'Reilly scoring two goals. I don't think would have gotten like nobody else would have got that reaction. Not Matthews. Not Bunting. Not Lee Nylander, Not Marner. Only Ryan O'Reilly scoring two goals in the 37-second span. His first two goals is a Maple Leaf in 37 seconds in Buffalo, a place where he'd actually never done that before. I don't know if you saw that statistic. Uh, he was there for three seasons as a Buffalo Sabre, never once had a multi-goal game in that building. And his first game as a Maple Leaf back in that building, he goes out and he scores two within 37 seconds and then finishes up the hat trick with the uh, – with the um, the empty netter. So, you know, the hats were flying. You came home one hat shorts. I saw Dave. Yeah. So it was funny enough. So going before I left, you know, I knew it was going to be cold in Buffalo. So I brought it to with me. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to wear a tooth at the actual game. So I need a Leafs hat. And I was like trying to find my Leafs hat and I couldn't find it. Uh, like the one I usually wear. So I'm like, okay, I just got to like find one. So I found one that I hadn't worn in years. Like I'm talking years. I'm like, ah, this one will be okay. It'll do the job. <laughs> so then when Ryan O'Reilly scores the hat trick, my brother looks at me. He's like, you know, throw a hat. I'm like, yeah, sure. Why not? I haven't worn this thing in so long. He's like, ah, I got to fill me first. And so obviously if you went on our Twitter account, you saw that I threw my hat. Thanks to my brother for taking the video. Uh, Pull it up. up. Let's see. Let's show the good people we're watching here on YouTube. Dave Morissuti tossing the hat after the Ryan O'Reilly hat trick. Yeah, Like a true gentleman. A true gentleman and a true fan of the game. Look, look, I'm willing to make, I'm willing to support the cause. Go pull that up. The people in the, in the discord were going wild. Look at him. Look at you. Yeah, I was. Yeah, I got. Yeah, I was. That's a man who's also had a few beers. So, very nice. Yeah, so I was. I was okay not having that hat. Um, I was okay giving up that hat for the Ryan O'Reilly hat trick. Let's just say. Um. Yeah, and and I was like, comments. I was like, telling people like, throw your hats. What the heck are you doing, guys? Like this is. The hat trick in Buffalo the road game, though, like it's it's so weird. You never see that at, or you rarely see it at road games. That many hats, at least. You know, you have a couple of fans who are in attendance who might toss a hat, but you rarely see hats rain down from the crowd at a road game. Um, pretty sure I also got hit by a hat. Like as I was throwing my hat, I'm pretty sure I got hit in the back. It, of the, the amount of people who are like way in the back, like twenty rows back, who try and toss their hats and then they're just like hitting people in the front row 
like if you were somebody who were who was in the front row like yourself like a couple of rows at least in uh you know off the glass you probably if someone gets a hat trick could end up with like three new hats if you really wanted to because not everyone's able to make it over those boards, over the glass. And then it ends up in the lap of the people in the first four or five rows a lot of the time. And typically, they'll toss it over for them, and it's kind of just you know a little relay. But if you really wanted to, you could come home with a couple new hats if there's one that you really, really like. Yeah. No, it's, it's also true. But, yeah, I did, I did get hit by one. But I think the person behind me ended up chucking it over the glass. So. If you didn't have a hat, you got a chance to still throw a hat over the boards. Yeah, there you go. So it's 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 nice to see. All right, we'll continue to talk about the win because, dude, the fourth line was uh, almost just almost as dominant. So we'll chat about that. We'll give her three stars of the night, and I still want to hear about uh, about about the game and your perspective. And uh, you know, what did you ended up doing? Did you find the chicken wings? We had to, we talked about that a lot. On yesterday's show, so we got to get the four one one of everything that happened, and also there were some. There was one concerning thing about last night. Uh, we'll get to that also in just a gif. But first, uh, this episode is brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of the Locked On Network. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com to get started. Um, and it's the midway point of the NHL season, and now is the perfect time to download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's number one sportsbook in North America. A new customer is getting no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's a bonus bet back. If your bet doesn't win, uh, the, uh, just download the, the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. And you can bet on everything from money line to point scores to goal scores. Would have made a fortune if you would have bet for Ryan O'Reilly to score three goals last night. There was a, a, a super boost um, or just a regular boost. Uh, if you saw it, Dave, I know that I definitely hit it. Um, it was Ryan O'Reilly and Tate Thompson to score a point. Boosted up to plus 350, I want to say, maybe 275. It was worth hitting because they both ended up with a point. So it was good to see. Uh, and FanDuel promptly paid out as they typically do. Um, FanDuel, they let you combine bets for a chance to win bigger payouts with same game parlays. So don't miss your chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to fanduel.com slash locked on. That's fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the Locked On Network. Welcome back into the Locked On Lease podcast. It's Mike DiCefano and Dave Morissuti. Leafs with a 6-3 win over the Buffalo Sabres. Um, was it concerning at all that the Leafs took their foot off the pedal and let the Sabres get back into the game? Like, What was the mood in the crowd when it became 5-3? What was the mood in the building? So, yeah, the people around me in the second period when the Leafs were kind of they weren't establishing a lot of zone time. Like the Sabres were establishing a lot of like a lot of zone time and shots were like, you know, it'd be nice if the Leafs didn't let their foot off the pedal here, especially because the second period, typically the last little while have been one of the least worst periods. Yeah. And either I'm like, the worst or the best. It's it's never a meh period. It's yeah. always either their worst period of the game or their best period of the game. And I don't understand why. But anyways, continue. Yeah, so we were like, ah, you know, just like, don't let, don't, just, this is, you're like dominating. Don't, just finish this off nice and tidy. Don't give the Sabres any reason to think that they're going to come back. 
And then they score, they score the power play goal. So Nylander gets the power play goal. Like, okay, like that kind of, you know, kills a little bit of that momentum for Buffalo. And then the third period happens. And I'm just like, can I, can I just not enjoy, (laughs) can I not just enjoy this for a minute, guys? And then the, like, okay, the first goal by Jack Quinn, that was just an absolute beautiful goal. Oh, rip. What a rip by him. And when I saw that it was him and he had that much time and space, I'm like, uh, this is not good. <laughs> like I knew Jack, like Jack Quinn's known to putting pucks in that. That was his thing in his draft year. And the other two goals happen. I'm just like, we're like, we're really going to do this. We're just going to give the Sabres a reason. I think that they're going to come back into this game. Like I'm going to be a part of a, an epic collapse. I hadn't even seen one in person before. I didn't want to. That was not the, something I had on my bucket list. They almost made it happen. Dude, could you imagine if we came on to today and the first words out of our mouth was, it was 5 nothing, and they lost. Like, that would have been awful. A loss, a 5 nothing lead with Ryan O'Reilly getting a hat trick, yet they lose. That would have just been disgusting. A disgusting was, show was, I would have nothing to do with. That was a long drive home. It would have been a longer drive home if, they, if the Leafs had lost that game. Somehow. Would have been brutal. Would have been brutal. You mentioned time and space, and and that was a uh, an issue that we had noted coming out of the Chicago game too. Was like when it came to Patrick Kane, they just gave him too much time and space to work. And and when you give talented players like that a lot of time and space, they're they're going to make you pay. They're going to say thank you very much for the uh, for the time here, and thank you very much for the space. I will definitely uh, hurt you and score because you're giving this all this ice to me. And that kind of happened again in this game and, and more specifically in the third period against Buffalo. Like you mentioned, Jack Quinn had all the time in the world to, to shoot. Now, it was just a nice shot off the rush. I'm not worried about that one. But the, the Alex Tuck goal where he goes coast to coast dangling through like three guys and then completely walks Morgan Riley like he was a turnstile. Um, that's like that can't happen. Like just strictly cannot happen. Just allowed him to do that. And then even um, you know the the goal. I actually it didn't turn into a goal, but there was a play again where Morgan Riley allowed Tage Thompson like just gave him a lot of space, and then Thompson cuts to the middle, and because he had so much space, he gave him the inside track and. Luckily, it didn't result in a goal, but it was another circumstance where, you know, Morgan Riley just like playing not positionally sound. And uh, luckily, it didn't hurt him on the score sheet, but it could have based on how that game was going. Uh, and then again, on the the uh, Skinner goal, like Justin Hall allows Jeff Skinner to get through and, and you know, gives him a, a little bit of space. He's allowed he's able to score that goal, too. So, yeah, time and space, um, the, the defense last night in a third period in particular that was uh that was notably poor yeah like well, just it flat out it was what the leafs did in the first period was they slowed down the sabers attempts in the neutral zone any chance they were thought they were going to go out on a break no the leafs were thwarted that whether it was the the um the the forwards just kind of getting into the lanes there whether it was the defense stripping, literally stripping pucks off them, like just saying, I'll take that. Thank you very much. Nylander barely got over the blue line in the first period. Exactly. Like that's what the Leafs did. They, they were aggressive. Even the defensemen were 
like you know stepping up making sure guys weren't getting getting you know time and space in the in the neutral zone and that all changed in the in the second and third period i don't know why that changed if it worked so well i don't know if it was if the leafs were just you did i did notice some of the guys were getting tired near the like in the third period and i'm like like do these guys need a little bit of like a fitness test or something like it, it was it was it was apparent that buffalo was getting a second wind and the leafs were kind of just just trying to skate get by in that third period at times, but they were not as aggressive in the second, third period in the neutral zone as they needed to be. And I think that's going to be so, if, like, if I'm Sheldon Keith, you pull up that first period and say, this is what we did well to shut down these guys. And this is what changed to allow these guys to come back and have a chance in this game. 100%. And, and Sheldon Keith said it afterwards, you know, he said that first, you know, 10 or so minutes of the game, like that was the best hockey that he thinks his team has played all year. Like when they were up three, nothing seven minutes into the hockey game, like that, that was the best that he had seen this, the squad that, that, you know, shift by O'Reilly, Tavares and Marner, like just pure domination um, in the first like 10 minutes, they were out shooting them like eight, nothing through the first 10 minutes. It was three, nothing on the scoreboard. Later, quickly after, it was 4 nothing. Like, it was insane um, what was going on in the first little bit. Like, they, they clearly had a stranglehold of the game early. And then give credit to Buffalo. Buffalo, I think Buffalo also, like, the goaltending last night wasn't great at Lucan in to start. A um, couple of goals that you probably shouldn't allow. But um, he, for sure... Uh, when they made the goalie change and then in the second and third period, you know, Buffalo flipped the switch and they started to play a lot better. Like they were just playing poorly to to start the game. But to your point, man, like that's that is when the Leafs are, are at their best and at their height, when they're playing strong defensive games and they're standing the neutral zone. They force turnovers um, in the neutral zone and then they get on the strong counterattack like pretty much all Three, yeah, all three of those goals, if you look, were off the counterattack. Yeah. Right? Like for, for the Maple Leafs, like essentially they, they were, you know, pucks that were stripped away in the neutral zone or turned over in the neutral zone. And then those three went the other way and did their magic and scored, right? Like so, you know, defense, defense into offense can be a real strength of that trio. So I'm excited to see how that works out. Um, at the fourth line last night was spectacular also, extremely physical. Um, Noel Chari, seven-hit performance last night. Um, he was great again, I felt. And um, who's the other? Zach Ass and Reese was getting a little physical last night. Is it just me? Did it not feel like Zach Ass and Reese had like three or four hits last night? Because he was only registered for one, and it, it confused yeah, that- that felt like a mistake because he he definitely I don't know if it was maybe he was on it was kind of like they gave the Sabres player the hit or something like that but there were some he was in some tough collisions uh, last night but yeah you talk about Noel Chari not just the hits were noticeable and like there was some bone like I heard them I heard some of those hits um, but it's also I like I'm I'm watching as how what he's surveying the ice and picking out the spots that he needs to go to. Offensive zone, he's looking for his chance to go to the net. Defensively, you know, there were times where, you know, the defense were kind of caught in tough positions, and he's right there to back them up. Yep. 
Absolutely. I can see exactly why the why Kyle Dubas put Noel Chari needed Noel Chari in that trade. Like he yeah. is exactly what this team needs in the defensive zone. It it makes it it, it definitely does help because it takes some of the burden off of that David off of David Camp, who felt like kind of the lone man that was could be trusted in those defensive situations. So yeah, I I I was very impressed with what I saw with Noel Chart. And even the guy behind me, he's like, gotta get Noel out there, gotta get Noel out there. He was calling for him. So Dude, like my my uncle's like an old school cat, right? Like he thinks his team's uh way too flashy. They're uh you know, a bunch of, a bunch of babies and they show no heart, they show no grit, yada yada. He's one of those, he's a boomer send uh boomer leaves fan. And he texted me last night after Achari laid a couple of big hits early in the period. And he just says, I like what this Achari guy's bringing to the table. And I text him back. I'm like, oh, that's your first text to me? Not, holy shit, uh, O'Reilly has two goals tonight. That's awesome. It's it's the Noel Achari hits that's uh, exciting you right now. <laughs> He's like, well, I got nothing bad to say about, uh, about O'Reilly, too, I suppose. I'm <laughs> like... That's what it, that's what you know. A lot of people love is is someone who's just straight line physical. Like that's what Toronto loves. Like it's a blue collar team. It's a blue collar uh, fan base. And and when you get a guy like that who's gonna go out there and and lay five to seven hits a night and some thud hits too, um, man, you're you're gonna very quickly make a lot of friends in the city of Toronto and a lot of. A lot of happy fans out there with uh, with Noel Chari through three games, and obviously Ryan O'Reilly now as well, considering he had a hat trick last night uh, with the empty netter as well. All right, Dave, we'll take one more uh, quick break. When we get back, let's do our three stars of the hockey game and uh, wrap things up for the day. Uh, so we'll be back in just a moment. I'm Mike DiStefano with Dave Morcudi. You're listening to Lockdown Leafs Podcast, part of Lockdown Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Welcome back into the Lockdown Leafs podcast. Mike DiStefano and Dave Morissuti with you reacting to the Maple Leafs 6-3 win over the Buffalo Sabres. Dave was in the building for the game. Uh, did you get a chance to find some good chicken wings pregame? What was the situation when it came to the pregame meal, Dave? Very concerning at first because we left early. We wanted to make sure we got there good time, make sure we had time to go and eat, find a place to sit down, enjoy. Pro tip, get a Nexus, buds. Get yourself I, a Nexus. Dude, that's like the next thing on my list. It's like that and the easy pass if I can get one of those just because the toll line was also ridiculous last night. So we get there, and I'm already seeing a few Leeds fans, even Sabres fans kind of around the arena. So uh, I don't have the name in front of me, but there was one guy who said he was you know, uh, someone who lived in Buffalo. First off, that was the first thing I looked for. The guy said, I lived in Buffalo. So that made me say, okay, I could trust this guy with his opinions here. So I went to the Southern Tier Brewery. That was the first place we went. That place was rammed. They said, oh, it's going to be about an hour, hour and a half wait. I said, well, okay, well, like that's almost like we're, we're getting close to like warm up for the, for the game. That ain't happening. So then we, I went to the, another suggestion from our, just uh, from our, the comments which was jackson square that place was also packed like i 
how early did people get here? I got there early, like three hour, three and a half hours before the game started. So then, um, Buffalo's a gritty town, man. Like, well, they they love their sports. They get after it early. Well, early. They, a lot of these places are like the Southern Tier Brewery was a decent size. Jack Square was a small kind of hole in the wall sort of layout. It's not very big. Is the four one? Uh, no, is the seven one six brewery still or the seven one six bar or whatever it is still not there? Uh, I did not see that one. So we went to one other place that a colleague of mine from Sportsnet recommended. That place was also packed because it was also another small place. So then we're like, oh, maybe we'll just have to eat at the game. So we start walking, and I'm like, guys, Seneca Casino, right over here, it's got a restaurant. So I'm like, and and we were with, I was with my brother and his fiance, and her, she's just like, I've never been to a casino before. I'm like, what? <laughs> well, guess what? We're knocking off a couple of things on the bucket list tonight. So went in there. Uh, the lady checked my ID. She's like, you know, don't want to let you in here because you're a Leafs fan. But we do appreciate the fact that you guys add a little extra business for us. So we get in there. We go to the we go to the uh, restaurant. There was two restaurants. Uh, the one we went to was the only one that was open. And I said, I asked the lady, okay, what do you recommend? She's like, you're from Canada. You're getting the chicken wings. I'm like, that's what I wanted to hear. So I got myself some wings. Then I decided, all right, might as well go and lose some money. So yeah. lost the casino. Make a little donation. I made a little donation to the city of Buffalo. I'm sure they appreciated that. And I went to the game. And it, like, I'll tell you this. I was very impressed with, with, the, with Key Bank Arena or Key Bank Center. Like... It's a nice, it's, you know, it's not a new arena, but it's a decent, it's, I love the setup of it. There's a lot of concessions. Um, I like the kind of the concourse is, is nice and big. You didn't feel like you were a sardine in the concourse, really. Yeah. The lines were moving. They were hustling people through the lines, which I love. And when you like want to go get a beer, they had like a fridge and they're just like, yep, open the fridge, grab a beer, and then you go and pay for it. It's like. Thank you. I hate the idea of having someone have to go and get the beer for you and then they have to open it and you pay. Like, no, like, let the, people have hand, people are capable of getting their own beers. It may well, people are also capable of stealing their own beers, too. And that's that's interesting that they have that situation. I think, uh, I think, well, the way it was, it was, it was close enough to the cash that the line kind of keeps you from actually being like, if you gra- try to grab a beer and run with it. You're gonna have no room to kind of run out unless somebody yeah. just like lets you through the rope. But no, it was it's it, it was a very I like I I I said to myself, I kept saying I was like, Yeah, I'll definitely come back here for a few more Leaf Sabres games. Like it's it's a great setup they got there. Yeah, it's a good spot. It is a good spot. Like I I went to lots of Sabres games growing up. That was kind of the the home barn, I suppose, that I would go to watch games. And you know, I even went like I had a, a buddy in high school who had his dad at season ticket. So he used to kind of bring some, uh, you know, some buddies along to whatever game, like it didn't even have to be a leaf game. Um, you know, I went to Sabres devils. I went to or back in the day. It was a Sabres and, uh, and Thrashers game way back when Sabres, Red Wings, Sabres, Canucks, and obviously uh, Sabres Leafs uh, a couple of times. So yeah, it's a good building to, uh, to watch hockey in for sure. 
Um, and it's nice. It, it is nice too. Like I was chatting with Joe DiBiase, like I said, a uh, host of Locked On Sabers, and it's nice that that team is finally on the up and up because there were some bleak years there for a while. Um, and even like when Ryan O'Reilly was playing there, Jack Eichel, it just the players didn't want to be there, and you could sense that, and the fan base sensed that, and they didn't show support because of it because they didn't deserve to have the support of the fan base because they didn't want to be there anyway. So um, it seems like now that's a, it's a much different culture and it, it feels like hockey is kind of back in Buffalo and for the battle of the QEW, it's, it's good to hear. It really is good to hear. And, you know, especially if the Maple Leafs are going to go in there and whoop their butts six, three, every single time they go into, go into key bank arena. All right, Dave, let's get to our three stars uh, of the game quickly. I don't think it's very difficult to uh, to really go through who the three stars are. Um, but we'll start with number three as per tradition. Um, you know, John Tavares, four-point night. Uh, and it's insane. Four-point night, and he's only the third star. Like That just speaks to how dominant the other two were. Yeah, a, he uh... – he looked pretty good. That cycle game looks good on that second line. That's, Dude, that's going to be a discuss. And I remember saying that, like coming off of the, the game, like then on the weekend, I'm like, dude, that's that cycle game is going to be strong with Tavares and O'Reilly. You add Marner into that mix, like just his, his IQ. That's going to be tough to beat, man. Yeah, I know that that's, because then, like, the Matthews, Nylander, Button line, not necessarily the biggest cycle group. Like, they, they can, but you can you can definitely see that's what what that second line, that's going to be their identity going forward for sure. Um. So, yeah, third star, John Tavares. Second star, surprisingly, Ryan O'Reilly. Yeah, I would say so. You know, like, yeah, he got the hat trick. Um, you know, it was nice to see, you know, at first, first touch, he got booed and then he scored real quick. <laughs> oh, he get booed. He got booed a little bit. There were a few boos. You didn't, you couldn't, I, I guess you couldn't really hear it on the broadcast, but I heard like, as soon as he touched the puck, I heard a few boos. I'm like, yes, yes. Let the hate flow through you. And then, um, obviously he scored not long after and he got the second goal. And I'm like, oh, this is a, this is coming in for quite a quite a nice night here yeah the first goal was like wide open very you know it's it's it's, it's one that you can't really miss on but that second goal he scored like on the breakaway forehand backhand shelf like that's that's a that's a pretty goal that's one you love to see um from maple Leafs fan because that's something that could be replicated uh, quite often with this team and that strong counterattack. they can find themselves in a lot of odd man rushes um, going the other way, even though you know Riley to like those guys aren't the fleetest of foot, we'll say, but um, you know the the counterattack and like the way that that team can defend and that line in particularly can defend in the neutral zone, they can set up a lot of chances like that. And if they're they're gonna finish that way, good luck, good luck to the rest of the league. Um, but the guy who really was providing all the magic last night was Mitch Marner. Five assists for the first time in his career. Um, I think for the first time since Dougie Gilmore did it back in 1993. It's the first time that we had uh, a five-assist man for the Toronto Maple Leafs in one singular game. Um, but he was just magical. Like, 
again, as as great as O'Reilly was on the finish, the plays that Marner was making to get those guys in position to score was really what stood out last night. And it's not just the the offensive plays, but defensively too. He had five takeaways last night. Like the the all those goals, all four, I guess, of the goals, well, three, we'll say, of those goals started with a Marner back check in the neutral zone, taking the puck away, and then turning back up ice and leading that rush and ultimately ending up with the primary assist on each and every one of those three goals to start the game. Like he was just a monster last night on both ends of the ice. You, I saw what I saw from Marner was he's not cheating to get those offensive opportunities. He's putting in the work. That, oh, that, yeah. That's got to be like the biggest difference in terms of what I've seen from Mitch Marner's game, especially this season. And he was the guy staying out there for extended, like, you know, O'Reilly and Tavares go off, and he's the one kind of staying to make sure those guys get off and, you know, there isn't those bad changes that get get you caught. He's adding extra pressure on the four check there. Like, those are things that I think this shows the maturity in his game from when he first started till now. He's really starting to show what he, that he realizes if he does more of these things, he's going to get those offensive opportunities. 100%. And uh, the crazy part about last night was like how, because they got out to that early lead, they're able to play extremely balanced and they didn't have to play a whole lot, right? Like remember a couple weeks ago when they lost to Columbus and he played like 28 minutes for like 16 minutes last night, like all around 16 minutes. Um, so you didn't, they didn't have to play them a whole lot and they still were able to, to get the win and, uh, and double them up. But that line as a whole only played 11 and a half minutes at five on five last night. Um, they had the Matthews line play 11 and a half minutes. And then the third line played 11 minutes and 10 seconds of five on five play. And the fourth line played 950. So like very well balanced last night in terms of, um, making sure that everyone got their minutes. Nobody got super tired. Um, and they didn't kind of wear anyone down in, in that regard from their own, uh, on their own side. So really, really, really strong night out of that second line. Obviously, the 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 you know the top line ends up factoring in. Bunting gets a goal. Nylander scores uh, on the power play. Beautiful goal, by the way. We even talked about it because there was so much talk about that second line. But like literally, like banks the puck out of midair. Um, great hand eye out of at uh, a William Nylander. Like Matthews could have had a, a goal or two in that game. He had a couple looks and opportunities. Um, overall, dominant performance early by Toronto. Uh, the, the play slipped a little bit toward the end, um, but ultimately they were able to hold off. And the way I looked at it, and I, it's funny, I literally tweeted this before it actually happened because um, I literally thought that it was going to happen. I said, oh, classy of Toronto, let Buffalo get back into it to within two goals so that they can ensure that Ryan O'Reilly gets the uh, the empty netter for the hat trick. And that's ultimately what ended up happening. Um, so it was kind of funny how that, uh, how that literally worked out exactly that way. Um, but yeah, six, three win. You're happy with it. Full two points against a team that typically gives you fits. Uh, but Toronto gave them fits yesterday, especially early on. And, uh, um, on to Minnesota, as they say, I suppose. So Minnesota, 
uh, back in Toronto on Friday, and then they go out west. The Western Road Trip starts next week. So that'll be a couple of late nights for you and I, Dave, and for everyone else watching, I'm sure. But that'll do it for us here today on the podcast. I'd like to thank you all for listening and supporting the show. You can subscribe to the Locked On Leafs podcast on all podcast platforms and receive daily Leafs content. Follow myself on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow Dave at D underscore Morrisuti. Follow the show as well at Locked On Leafs. Leave a, a, a like and a comment uh, if you're watching here on YouTube. That'd be much, much appreciated if you're listening uh, or subscribing to us uh, via iTunes. If you could leave uh, a review and a and a little five-star, that'd be fantastic as well. We'd really appreciate that one. Uh, we'll be back with another episode for you guys tomorrow. But until then, keep it locked right here on Lockdown Leaves.